0: You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is.
1: Hey there, welcome to the show, this is Beyond Synth, episode 330, and on today's show I am chatting with Ice Choir, aka Kurt Feldman, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. And I'd just like to say thanks to all the listeners who have been reaching out just to let me know that they like the new format of the show, so it seems to be most people are happy with the new way we're doing things. So we're doing guest interviews one week, and then Marco and I do a big Synthway Playlist episode, and we talk about movies and stuff, and uh, play all the new cool tunes. However, this week, we were supposed to record on the weekend, but I had family visiting, and there's all this sort of uh, nonsense going on, and we couldn't connect. So Marco and I are going to be recording tomorrow, and so I figured I didn't want to leave the faithful Beyond Synth listeners without an episode this week, so I thought I would put out my chat with Kurt, because we had a good talk, and uh, if you've not listened to the music of Ice Choir before, it's some solid synth-pop music right up my ass. Um, I know I've played Ice Choir tracks on the show before, and of course it's nice to to go back to the source and actually talk to the people who make the music, and uh, that's what we're going to do today. So I would just like to do a shout-out to the awesome top-tier Patreon supporters. You know their names. We're talking about Chris Dance and Mike Shima, the kings of the Pattersons, who are still the most faithful and generous uh, supporters of Beyond Synth since uh, we started the Patreon, like, uh, so many years ago. So, obviously, awesome, awesome awesome people and of course there's mystery donor will we ever solve the mystery who knows and then of course with the 5666 it's mike erdahl in the 50 dollars club we got brandon decker and tim carlton shit we're already in the month of august and i still have not had tim carlton on the show to talk about the cisco hold music which he created well we got to get on that we'll do that soon (laughs) <laughs> I promise. And then, of course, there is my semi-sonic friend, Jacob Wick. And then, of course, there's the top-tier PayPal supporters. We're talking about Upgrade, Jimpy, Ross Bruce, the Silver Bruce, and then there's Alex Lightspeed, Brian West, and Aka. So, thank you all so much for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the PayPal domain. Donate button. Those are both awesome ways of supporting the show, and I hope that you do, because I gotta go buy myself gold plating for my PlayStation 5. That's where all the support for Beyond Synth goes. Every month I just gold plate another one of my items. <laughs> Next it'll be my cat. So. We're... <laughs> Chester needs a gold plate. Anyways, let's uh, listen to some music, and then we will go chat with Ice Choir. So I'd like to listen to this awesome Ice Choir track. It's called Amorous in Your Absence. We actually talk about the video in the conversation, but I never actually played the song uh, during the interview, so I think you should uh, listen to it now so you know what the hell we're talking about. It's also featuring the lovely voice of Jen Goma. It's sort of a duet thing going on, so it's a a cool track. Anyway, so we're going to listen to that now, and then when the track is finished, I will be chatting with Ice Choir. So this is Ice Choir with the track Amorous in Your Absence. Right now, with Ice Choir, aka Kurt Feldman, is that correct? That's right. I feel like an asshole because I discovered your music very late i feel like it was like the start of the pandemic where i was like doing a band camp sweep for like you know synth pop tunes and stuff and I, i dig that sort of retro vibe and then i found your album designs and rhythm which is 2016 and it's so fucking good man like this album's amazing so that's my intro for you thank you i'm surprised you found it at all Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I do actively search for things, like, sort of in and around the synthwave scene. And, like, obviously there's artists who actively promote their music with the, you know, the synthwave hashtag and stuff. But I found lots of awesome synthpop and stuff with retro vibes from artists and producers who don't really interact with the synthwave scene, even though their music definitely, like, checks all the boxes. And I personally just love, like, retro synthpop stuff. Cool, yeah. I'm I'm definitely
2: a a synthpop fan myself, so I actually don't know much about synthwave specifically but yeah definitely a fan of just like pop music in general and the use of synths so glad you glad you found this one
1: so what's the deal like did you have like a musical project before ice choir because it seems pretty much like right out of the gate a very polished sort of project well, thank you
2: um yeah i i've been in a, a few bands before this kind of like different styles of music i've been playing you know in bands i guess since i was uh 11 or so and i'm 38 now so it's been a while um yeah. so yeah you could say <laughs> i've been in some bands before this sure <laughs> but yeah I, I guess like ice choir is like the first truly synth pop band i did i did a kind of like shoegazier band before that starting in 2005 Uh, it was called depreciation guild and it was kind of like a mix of electronic stuff and shoegaze kind of dream pop and yeah i haven't really played with any other band i guess since like 2013 or so it's been like mostly ice choir Since I started the band, I guess, in 2011
1: With the other projects, though, like, were you doing production stuff? Because I want to just get back to the fact that, like, this stuff is just really well-produced stuff So, I mean, like, where does this, the, the production quality come from?
2: the production quality comes from me just trying to rip off stuff that i like honestly (laughs) um but i I would say like as far as my experience with producing music leading up to ice choir yeah i mean i I would say you know i was the principal songwriter for depreciation guild for example i did all the production on that and that was you know like a a very different kind of like electronic stuff it was like kind of synthy a little bit it it had like kind of video game elements in it and you know mostly guitars but yeah like i I wrote all those songs and you know produced them but like ice choir i would say is definitely like the most conceptually developed band that i've been in and like the most like fully realized one too that's come out the way closest to kind of how i'd imagined it and you know that's just come from you know spending lots of time tweaking stuff and Making sure I was happy with it.
1: To be clear, then, because in some of the the artwork for the band and the pictures and stuff like that, like there is you with other people. Is this a solo project? But you have other people on board to do live things, or is there other people actually involved?
2: Yeah. So it, it's always been like one live band, and those are my friends. The bass player keyboard player his name is patrick and we live together right now so and we have for like (laughs) close to 10 years sure so those are my friends and patrick has definitely contributed a bit to the records and also just like you know bouncing ideas off him he's been like super important to have somebody to gut check things for you and he just has a great ear and you know his own great sense of melody so it's like he's for sure like a big part of it but yeah i mean i wrote all those songs and wrote all the parts and stuff so like for all intents and purposes like yeah i'm the main songwriter for that band it's like kind of a solo project and then yeah we we perform live as a band
1: what, uh, what does Ice Choir mean? Is it just a cool sounding thing? Or
2: Yeah, I mean, it is kind of, I guess. If you think it's cool, that's that's good to hear. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I originally came up with it as just like, I kind of imagined it sort of two ways. Like one is like sort of like a synth patch that sort of encompassed the sound of the band, you know? And then also just as something that was like sort of evocative of the sound of the music. Like we use lots of like kind of choir sounds and they're very artificial. <laughs> and there's lots of like also just my voice that's tuned to hell and you know other types of vocal effects that sound and also just musical effects that sound very like kind of cold and and brittle and like that just i don't know it's kind of reflected in the title of the band so and you also had a song called ice choir right on the uh yeah and actually that was like one of the first songs i wrote and it was before i really had a band in mind for that i was just like writing some synth pop stuff and this song existed first before the band and it was just like oh this is like a cool title to have as you know one of the first songs that we release if this is like you know becomes a, a new band and then you know it just became ice square it's like oh that's
1: actually kind of a good band name too so so is there like an alternate universe where this band is called like two rings maybe yeah or like any of the other names of the <laughs> the you just like went through the album and be like this could be a band name like all the track titles now that you bring it up it's like kind of lazy but i don't know <laughs> i guess it kind of works <laughs> Not really <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it that way But that's awesome
2: <laughs> No, no, no I mean it's 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 valuable information Thanks
1: Well how about this Let's listen to some music I want to play some tracks From Designs and Rhythm Because this is the album I first heard And I just feel like Every song on this album Is good And so this is like Very lazy But like Because you know, normally I like to pick random songs Throughout the album But my choice is literally like We're going to listen to song two And then three And then four And then five Because like They're just They're all so good So I, I want to listen to unreal. Prepared by Ice Choir. prepared by Ice Choir. And I'm here right now with Ice Choir Kurt Feldman talking about the origins of Ice Choir. Hello. Hi. <laughs> We're back. Sorry, whenever I reset like a radio show like after I play a song, it's uh it's always awkward. So um uh, talk to me about this album Designs in Rhythm. Uh, does it does it have a theme?
2: The album kind of has a loose theme, I would say. <laughs> I I don't really like to sort of like impose my Actual intended lyrics on anyone's listening experience or interpretation of things, just because I think it's a lot more fun to kind of ever for everyone to have their own experience. with the the album, and I've also always made lyrics like intentionally very oblique for that very reason. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I think the overall theme of the album—it's called Designs and Rhythm. It it was—it's just about sort of the process, I guess, of making music and also the process of sound design in in a way. Like, there's certain references and allusions to that kind of stuff all over the album and i'm not really gonna get into it just because i don't really want to
1: <laughs> wait you want to get all pretentious on me come on
2: no, no not at all it, it, maybe it's more pretentious actually to not talk about it but if that's <laughs> the case i don't, don't really care i would say unprepared is is sort of a love song through the lens of music maybe so yeah were you were you in
1: love in 2016 um yeah sure Hey man, I've been married to the same lady for like 20 years, so like it's nice to live vicariously through other people when they're, you know. For sure. Well, congratulations on that. That's uh- <laughs> That's an achievement. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. So then what was going on? Because obviously you had this music that was, uh, you know, like in 2011 in this project, and it seemed like there was like big chunks of time where there was no music. So what was going on in these spaces?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've kind of done various production projects and and mixing projects, like I guess since around when I started Ice Choir as well, like since 2011. And, you know, some of those projects, because they're, you know, paying money, have obviously taken precedent over me actually finishing my own music a lot of the times so there's like that kind of stream of work i also do like kind of game soundtrack stuff i also have a full-time job doing audio branding so like anytime i'm not working on ice choir stuff which is pretty much all the time now unfortunately you know i'm doing one of the aforementioned things
1: what is audio branding the
2: best way i could kind of explain this, is like <laughs> do you know like sounds that appear in apps and stuff like that and and cars and if you like hear a you know a jingle or like a sound associated with a brand, that's the stuff that I do I work for a company that
1: kind of produces that type of work do you mean like I mean there's the jingle but there's also like the nah,
2: nah.
0: yeah
1: exactly like that that kind of stuff yeah the sound logo yeah like do you actually make them? yeah yeah I'm responsible for probably some that you've heard what are the briefs for a thing like that like because if the end goal is to make something super short right like
2: yeah. You know, it's like any type of like kind of marketing field where there's there's like you know lots of different phases to the project. There's like a research phase and a strategy phase, and so you know when we present like a three note thing, like there's actually like a lot to back it up before we actually
1: (laughs) present it. Hopefully, (laughs) I just love that idea. Yeah, sitting around the boardroom meeting with all these fucking charts and graphs, and then and this is what we've settled on. Yeah, it's it's not so much the
2: charts and graphs. I mean, there there is a lot, you know, lots of like PowerPoint decks and things like that. But yeah, it's more just like we kind of have like a stable of like approaches that we can kind of do for certain types of brands and like certain types of emotions that they're trying to capture
1: within the sound and things that like kind of align to their their brand values. It is interesting because like sometimes there're certain things I know I take for granted and I never think about, man, all the all the effort and time that must go into picking the perfect like when you're playing a video game and like the UI sound effects. Yeah. And you just think, like, you know, when you're playing, like, PlayStation or Nintendo, and even the sound that a click makes when you're, like, switching to the next menu or clicking on a thing, and even just that simple, like, bloop, bloop, you know, like, fuck, they probably went through, like, a thousand iterations of that thing to land on a thing that makes a sound, but it's still not quite annoying enough that you're going to be bothered if you hear it all the time. Like, there's so much, yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah there's, those are all, like, huge considerations when, you know, we're making that, that kind of work. Especially, like, apps, yeah, app sound design, product sound design, yeah.
1: Like, do they copyright things if it's, like,
2: super short? Yeah, sometimes. There's actually, like, a database for some of that kind of work. Like, for audio logos, for example, there's a database of, you know, existing audio audio logos and you can submit you know a sound to that um there's like an approval process etc and yeah but yeah it can be copyrighted to, to a certain extent yeah you know every time we finish a project we kind of like always once once the client is signed off we print the sheet music as well which is funny because i like usually yeah. like- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and Instead of a full piece of paper, you should print out like the three music notes on a little tiny card. Right. Yeah. See, I got great ideas. I'll be part of this company. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when we're hiring for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then, that, and that's like the main thing. So that's like your main. That's my main job that's
2: 9 30 to 6 30 every day and then on top of that i you know I, I do stuff for friends now mostly like production mixing whatever uh when i can and some game soundtrack stuff well you sound like a busy guy man what uh do you have like a social life not really i don't get out that much yeah i mean when i'm not doing that i like to spend some time with my girlfriend when i can but i mean To be honest, like, I actually very recently started earnestly working on another Ice Choir record, which is funny that you contacted me this year, because really, like, since 2016, I haven't written one other Ice Choir song, (laughs) but I've, like, now have, like, you know, at least i don't know seven or eight pretty fully arranged songs i would say like maybe not finished or anything and definitely no lyrics or things like that but i've actually like started working on another album i was like instead of just like you know just having like a bunch of like little skeleton sketches just lying around and voice notes and whatnot
1: I do this all the time, like I interview a guest, we talk about their old music And then by the time I release the interview, they put out like a brand new album like a week later
2: Well, for me, fortunately, I can guarantee you that this album will not be out anytime soon Okay, good <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Well, in that case, how about we keep moving ahead and uh, listen to some more tracks from Designs in Rhythm So let's listen to the titular Designs in Rhythm by Ice Choir. That was Ice Choir with the track Designs in Rhythm from Designs in Rhythm, and I'm here with Kurt. You say you also, like, write game soundtracks. I know you have one on your Ice Choir band camp. Yep. Are you a gamer, or is it just people contact you to do this? Like, how do you get into that?
2: Yeah, for sure. I I, I definitely game when I can. I mean, I just played through Elden Ring, actually. That was, like, a big portion of my weekends and, like, weeknights, the past month you say play through it as if you beat it i did beat it yeah okay so i will i will start out the gaming conversation with like i'm a huge fromsoft fan that's like pretty much the games that i play and and like also just like games like the fromsoft games like i played surge and and all those like ripoff games kind of like that sure so i got elden ring like right when it came out and i did pretty much just play it whenever i could for a month and uh yeah it it was definitely fun not my favorite of, of all their games Ooh, which one's your favorite oh man
1: it's hard i would say either dark souls 3 or bloodborne see i'm one of those idiots who uh these hard games frighten me so uh yeah. y- you know whenever people talk about the challenge of the uh, the soulsborne games and for me i'm like uh Skyrim kind of guy because I like to boot it up every three months and just follow the X on the map and do a really simple fetch quest and yep. get some items and that, <laughs> that's like where I'm at although I'm not a fool though like every single person is literally just like Elden Ring's like the best thing ever so like I will play it at some point and I'm sure I will really like it and I think since I love open world games I, I have a funny suspicion that if there's ever going to be like an in for me into these types of games it's going to be this one because of the open world might give me a bit of leeway in how i approach challenges and run away if i want to
2: yeah i mean i would say it's definitely the most approachable of all of them in fact like the game i found it to be like not that hard just having played through all the other ones just because until the very end there's like two fights that you're gonna get stuck on and have to look up youtube tutorials or whatever but that's like pretty much all the from games but yeah like the good thing about this one is that it allows for a lot of different types of approaches to like beating the game and there's like a couple things which do make it a lot easier than some of the other ones like you have a summons that you can always bring into the main boss fights and that does like kind of make it a 2v1 fight and yeah you know there's there's a lot of like more material for like leveling up the weapons which does help you a lot yeah it's 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 definitely more fair than some of the other ones so it's a good entry point if you're looking to to get into that stuff you know i i originally thought that like the, the FromSoft challenge was like totally unnecessary and you know, i like you know having come from like you know traditional like rpg type games like you know witcher 3 is really fun i still think that's a great game but like you know having come from that it did seem like an unnecessary challenge at the beginning but like once you kind of like get over that initial hurdle it becomes very fun and it, it, yeah i don't know i was kind of sold after like I, I figured out how you're supposed to kind of like level your character and progress as like a master of like one specific art like you know becoming a, a strength builder or whatever rather than trying to like you know just evenly level all of your individual character traits so yeah i don't know it's fun
1: oh i'm sure it is like i've had so many people insist i play this game and they all tell me like how satisfying it is once you figure out how the game works but uh, have you have you been playing like the from software game since the ps3 days
2: no yeah that was like the one place sh- and i never had so yeah well you didn't like the shape no i mean i, I don't the shape's fine <laughs> I, I don't like actually now that they're all getting bigger like every successive playstation has been bigger than the last one so like now i don't have any more room in my tv
1: console yeah i put mine behind the television yeah because i have a ps5 and so like that's where it has to go like it literally can't go in front of the tv (laughs) i guess it's it's, right it's like a giant cereal box yeah like i've definitely like explored their early catalog and you know i've
2: played uh, a couple of the armored core games which are great i can't even i even played the first armored core i think like you know around when it came out, and yeah, that one is is great. And I've have seen like Kingsfield and some of those other like kind of early ones. I've just like watched playthroughs on YouTube. But uh yeah, that's like pretty much my extent of like the the FromSoft universe. I played all like the recent games and the Dark Souls stuff, obviously.
1: So is that your main focus? Or are you just like a Soulsborn kind of dude? I mean, now yeah, and and games that are kind of like that. Like yeah, whenever
2: there's one of those around, you know, I'll play it for sure. I'm trying to take a break from gaming now
1: because I do actually want to like you know make an album so <laughs> kind of have to do that yeah games can be a huge distraction like and now my game consoles are just like Netflix you have this big library of downloaded games and like half the time I just sit and look at the game library and I get overwhelmed with the choices and I just kind of sit there and like even when I do pick a game I can't wrap my head around all the different control styles of each game yeah I know I know what you mean
2: I have tons of those like free games and things that I've never even installed and yeah it's tempting sometimes but yeah, I've never actually explored a lot of them, yeah. it's I guess, another benefit if you just play the FromSoft games. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much the same controls every
1: time. Yeah, fair enough. All right, look, I want to hear some more music, so uh, let's listen uh, to the track "Windsurf" by Ice Choir. That was Ice Choir with the track WindSurf. I'm here right now. I've been chatting with Ice Choir about From Software and Soulsborne. So what else goes on in your life? Because it sounds like you're very focused on the stuff, although somehow you also had time to, to play through all of Elden Ring, so I'm imagining you weren't getting a lot of sleep.
2: Yeah, especially the last month. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, you know, besides work and game soundtrack stuff and, you know, occasionally gaming, that's pretty much it. Sometimes I, you know... Have some time to walk around the neighborhood and get a coffee or something.
1: Wait, so do you have a background in like video production or anything? Because like the music videos you have for Ice Choir seem like pretty well produced. And like I know I got a kick out of the uh, Amorous in Your Absence video. Like there's some cute, like funny stuff in there that made me laugh. So, a couple things like the,
2: you know, some of the videos you mentioned, like the Amorous video, that, that was, you know, all, all the videos that we've done are just, you know, have been made by friends who are very talented at that kind of work. So to say that I've pr- produced them would be would not be really true a a lot of those concepts were completely constructed by the the directors of those respective videos the amorous video was a friend ethan who made that and that is a very cool video like i would say like the one thing that we we have like always kept in mind just as a band and you know as like all of us being friends like there's always has to be sort of like an element of humor about all of the videos Mm. um and i think that's like pretty much true of all of them we're not very serious as people and like when we hang out and play and practice together so like there's always like a very there's like a deep well of like kind of like inside jokes and humor and stuff that have sort of like permeated into some of the music videos and some of the concepts as well so yeah that's that's always been like pretty important for that to at least like kind of be hinted at You know, and and not really ever take the band too seriously. So, yeah, you know, the fact that you said it was funny is is good to hear.
1: I think what I like about this entire project is within the synthwave scene and in and around, there's, there's a lot of people who are sort of making things that are like, quote unquote, cool you know yeah we're not that (laughs) bad and so it's a lot of like the nostalgia that a lot of people pull from are things like you know Miami Vice and uh, Blade Runner and you know these sort of things from the 80s -hmm. and there's an overall aesthetic of you know like uh, sunsets and driving a sports car and things and when I actually look back at the source material I mean now you know the synth wave scene has been going like I've been doing this show for like 10 years and so we're almost 10 years so things have evolved where now at this point there's a lot of people who are just inspired by other synthwave artists, you know, because they can look back to the, you know, like the 2010 era and the 2013 era of synthwave and get inspiration. But at the beginning, obviously everyone was inspired by their nostalgia of their childhoods and, and the media and stuff like that. And so when I think of a lot of the 80s synth pop groups that I liked, you know, the stuff that was in their videos were these kind of weird, artsy you know avant-garde bizarre you know like a lot of people singing to mannequins and black and white with weird splashes of color and strange fashion and things like this and so i like that you're sort of capturing that sort of vibe yeah yeah definitely there's always been
2: you know specific kind of like reference points for a lot of those videos and and they are like kind of in that like sort of artsy realm for example like the designs and rhythm video there was a lot of, like, the Zbigniew-Ribczynski videos that we kind of had in mind that we were, like, sort of, like, referencing sort of frames and just, like, the way that the videos were sort of constructed. And Ethan, I know, had, like, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but, like, he did, like, an Etienne Daho video, and he's like, the, the French kind of New Wave director. He sort of had, like, uh, that sort of aesthetic in mind. I'll, I'll think of the name later. But uh yeah, so so there there has been like that sort of
1: arts here type of like reference points for a lot of these. Is this Ethan guy? Does he still like make video things? Like is that what he does?
2: Yeah, yeah, you should definitely look him up. Ethan Young, super talented director. He he does like lots of video editing and other kind of like freelance work as well. But yeah, he's done some pretty cool videos. He just did one for Kajibone. He's done a lot of stuff for just our our friends bands he's kind of like in uh you know sort of like a collective of like fellow filmmakers from wesleyan where he went to school and they kind of all work on each other's projects so a lot of a lot of the people and the bands are kind of like in that same circle i'm sort of on like the periphery of that circle i didn't
1: actually go to wesleyan so are you like an artsy crowd kind of guy me specifically
2: yeah no yeah i mean i went i went to nyu i studied childhood education actually so i'm not i'm not really even like a music guy so no i'm not an art guy i'm not a music guy i'm just a guy what did, <laughs> i'm just a guy wait wait so what did, what did you do with that education um i taught a music school actually for a little bit and then from there i just kind of i was playing in bands at the same time and then some of those bands that like, kind of like took off and you know i had a little bit more time to sort of like learn production more seriously and then that sort of parlayed into you know my current job
1: and production work for other bands and stuff but yeah that was like the general arc so was that like a surprise to you like did you go into school for like you said childhood education yeah that's right so like did you go into that thinking like oh i'm gonna be a teacher and then like partway through realized like oh actually I have a thing like a passion for music or did you already know that going in and knew, thought you would combine those things yeah so I had always played
2: in bands you know even in like middle school so you know music was always important and I, I wrote songs like even when I was younger so yeah I kind of knew that I wanted to play music I, I didn't ever think that it was going to be like a serious thing but I always wanted to do it so I was always just playing in bands like even while I was going to school in college and eventually When I graduated, I, I, you know, obviously needed a job. I was teaching like private lessons, and I also got a job because I had an ed degree, which was great. At actually at a music school, kind of like teaching groups of kids in the sort of like kind of rock school of rock type setting. Nice, (laughs) and it was an amazing job, and it paid really well, and it was super fun. And you know, I eventually left because like one of the bands I was playing in was. Getting opportunities to like you know go on tours and I was like, look, if I don't do this now, then I probably never will. So I left that job and I started touring. And you know when I was on tour, kind of had a little bit more more time to like start learning production earnestly and more seriously. And really, that was like for my own benefit, just so I could like you know make the music that I, I wanted to and you know that sounded like the stuff that I liked. You know, I didn't really have like to t- you know. You know, I I remember when I I started, like, you know, Ice Choir, I wanted to make music that sounded like Prefab Sprout and, like, Scritty Plitty and all these, like, super slick Japanese bands that I listened to. And there's obviously, you know, like, a, a, a technological and mixing ability hurdle to get over to, like, actually sound competent, you know, at that kind of level. So I did have to, like, actually start teaching myself how to like you know mix and produce stuff and just come up with my own system for like approximating that kind of music and as i did
1: it more like that's kind of how i learned yeah yeah well look how about we listen to that musical education in action here and uh and listen to some more cool tunes so i want to listen to the track variant by ice choir Ice Choir with the track Variant. And I'm here right now with Ice Choir Kurt Feldman talking about music production and uh, being the Jack Black in a real-life uh, School of Rock type scenario. Wait, were you teaching kids like all sorts of instruments? What does that actually mean that you were teaching at a music school?
2: Yeah. So like they would write original songs and I would kind of like help them come up with ideas. You know, a lot of these kids were really young. Like it was like the, the age ranges were hugely disparate. It was like some of the kids were like seven years old. Some of them were like 15 and they were different bands that would like kind of come in some of them were more like formed than others but like they basically just had the very like loose idea that they like wanted to play music or at least their parents wanted them to like play music in a band setting and so like you know we would like write songs i would help them come up with parts and yeah also like they would perform and some of the songs were like covers as well so you know they would learn they would learn how to write and learn how to play covers of like songs that they they liked and then at the end they'd perform it in front of their parents so it was yeah it was a cool cool program
1: I mean, there's something very satisfying about that. Like I know I did, uh, like my wife worked at a, or works at a uh, a daycare and there's a few there's a few years there where like I had nothing to do like I didn't have like a proper job I, to be honest with you I still don't really have one but the on Sith radio show yeah yeah well that's <laughs> to say it's a proper job I'm very lucky that my wife has a real job to uh, my, my income is more of a supplemental thing to the family than uh, anyway the point is that there was a period of time where I was doing like just sort of uh, freelance videography work and so there was a few years there where I would like you know uh, come into her class and like get the kids like hey let's make a, a movie or whatever and like film them on green screen and they you know and i would like add in special effects and stuff like this and the things are like super corny but i I always just love the fact that like hey these kids have like a thing now you know like when they're older and can like pop in this video from like you know here's a thing we made and it's more than just some shit yep it must be satisfying to know like you're helping these kids make something, and then like maybe they forget about it until they're like in their 20s and like oh you remember that Remember when I went to music school and, like, they've got, like, this art project they were a part of, you know? For sure.
2: Yeah, it, it's funny. It's funny you mention that. I was actually, like, so, so before I was actually teaching at that school, I, there was, like, a similar program I did over the summer, like, where I was, like, teaching, like, sort of, like, an intensive guitar workshop thing. They had this thing called Day Jams, which was like in in New York, basically, and I, and I taught there for several years, like over the summer while I was in college, like kind of even before that. And like some of the kids that actually went to that camp, went on to actually become like successful musicians, which is funny because I had some of them as students, like the guy from Porches, for example was uh, one of my students the, the very popular rap producer kenny beats was one of my students nice <laughs> it's kind of cool like and i have like videos like like you mentioned of uh, them performing these songs when they were kids it's it's pretty humbling
1: yeah for sure actually getting back to the music videos for a sec uh who was the who's the other singer in the amorous in your absence video because it's sort of like it's like a duet a bit
2: oh yeah that's my friend jen she's a, a really good singer actually she sang on a bunch of projects that i've worked on the you mentioned I, I did a game soundtrack she sings on one of those tracks she has her own project called uh showtime goma which is great and she also sang in the band romana clef which i worked on that record i don't know 2014 or so so yeah she's we've worked together a bunch of times she's very talented yeah great singer
1: so, obviously, you do have the one soundtrack on your Bandcamp Gunsport, but you do keep alluding to doing game soundtracks. Is there other things? Do you make music under a different name someplace else or, like, stuff that's not released? Like, what's the deal?
2: Yeah, so so currently I have, you know, the Gunsport soundtracks under the Ice Choir Bandcamp right now and on Spotify as well. I have a couple other soundtracks for kind of iPhone games that I did going back as far as like 2010 just on my like kurtfeldman.bandcamp.com if you're interested in checking those out as well I am working on two additional games right now one of them takes place uh, in space and it's kind of like a twitch based platformer game it's a cooperative game Um, can't really divulge the name or too many details about that one but the other one is called demon schools and that is a horror strategy game with a 70s italian horror themed soundtrack and it's definitely like the most divergent from the stuff that i normally do soundtrack wise but um it's been a really interesting challenge and kind of a fun soundtrack to work on
1: when was that announced like i think you sent me over a trailer but was that like in july uh yeah so it was
2: announced kind of at the beginning of july it was in the what was that showcase it was like PC it's like the thing that took over E3 basically
1: oh what's it called is it like PGX or PCE or something
2: <laughs> I'm <forget>. something like <laughs> that yeah yeah PC yeah so I'll just say like yeah that one uh, previewed at the, the PC Gamer Expo um, kind of recently in July.
1: Now, is your work as doing the music stuff done? Or are you still going to be adding to it?
2: Yeah, you know, so the actual storyline to the game and a lot of the level design is like still being developed and, and even some of the characters. So like kind of as new stuff, new assets come into the game, you know, I'll probably be asked to, you know, make more cues and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's, it's shaping up really nicely and I think it's going to be a pretty sick game. So who's making this game? Well, this is the same guy actually that directed uh, the Gunsport game. So at this point I, I would consider like working on Necrosoft Games which is the, the company that's publishing it or creating it I consider that kind of like working for my friend. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I I think, you know, doing game soundtrack work definitely for some people is a full time job. For me, it's not. It's definitely just like a fun thing because I love games. I don't really do the game soundtrack stuff for money. I mean, I am paid for it, but it's, I just love video game music and it's always been really influential to all the other music that I make. I'm just like really happy to be a part of that scene, you know?
1: Were you listening to old, like, 70s horror music and stuff to get inspiration was that stuff you were familiar with or did uh, the game director like give you references like how did that work yeah totally so
2: no i wasn't really super familiar with that stuff i mean i i'd seen some of like the daria argento movies and i was familiar with like goblin and and the big names kind of in that scene but he uh, introduced me to the Lucio Fulci movies and Fabio Fritzi, who, like, did all those soundtracks. Like, listening to that stuff was very, very inspiring. And also just kind of hearing these, like, really shitty YouTube rips where the music from Zombie had kind of been ripped from, like, a VHS tape, for example, mm-hmm. really shaped the overall sound because the director, Brandon, like, he was, I think, subconsciously really latching on to, like, the actual sound of those recordings as part of the inspiration. So, like, we tried to work, like, those kind of, like, fucked up VHS tape imperfections into the actual overall mix of the music and it kind of gave us a really like unique kind of sound for a video game soundtrack especially like a contemporary one where all the other art assets are pixel based sprites and and some kind of like PS1 era 3D isometric view kind of stuff so it's just like a very interesting blend of, of influences.
1: So are you adding like that sort of tape wobble and like detuning kind of effects and stuff to it? It is but not like in a super heavy-handed way. It kind of references
2: that sort of a sound, but it's not like... It's not like listening to like a totally messed up mall soft vaporwave type of that yeah, album yeah. <laughs> where it's like super washed out and it sounds like it's like coming from a mall or something. It's just more like a little bit messed up and like distorted. It's like a more subtle version of that, I would say.
1: I still don't understand vaporwave. I've tried because obviously with synthwave scene, there's there's a lot of crossover with vaporwave stuff. And whenever I listen to vaporwave, the vibe that it puts me in is it's like depression. Hmm. I'm speaking specifically of like, you know, the stuff where they just take 80s music and can just slow it down yeah yeah whenever i hear that it just reminds me of like being hit with a tranquilizer dart and going down or like or like a scene in a movie where a guy's on morphine and dying like for some reason that's that's mm-hmm. what i picture when i listen to vaporwave yeah
2: i mean that might be the intention of the artist to even like kind of give you that sort of sleepy kind of hypnagogic vibe you know hard to say specifically without like referring to a certain artist yeah, and that's really true. like kind of understanding the track but you know some of that stuff i think is pretty cool i like some of the more like progressive vaporwave stuff definitely check out death's dynamic shroud if you if you haven't heard them they're super unique band that kind of occupies like the the outskirts of that genre i would say and definitely like some of their work is more like traditionally vaporwave but the samples and stuff that they reference are a lot more like contemporary kind of k-pop and j-pop stuff and it's really interesting and uh definitely like a, a unique spin on the on the whole genre if you can really even consider it vaporwave at all but yeah check them out
1: i don't necessarily have like encyclopedic knowledge of like everything 80s or whatever so sometimes i don't know whether or not i'm being tricked Like, if I listen to a Vaporwave song go like, oh, this is a really cool song, and then I feel like an idiot if I play it on the show and then someone says, like, yeah, like, that's just an old song from some artist just pitched down. I'm like, that's the reason why it's good is just because it's somebody else's music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I would support sort of artists if they were making, like, original stuff, but since I don't know whether it is or not. (laughs) So, like, I feel like I have to do research with Vaporwave. Like, it's, like, the same problem I have whenever I play a song and go, this is a really cool song, and someone just says, like, yeah, that was a cover. I'm like, oh, but it's just a cover of a song I didn't know, and then I feel, like, a stupid person. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, I can
2: see how some people would say for sure that like uh, the some of just like taking a track and kind of sectioning off a little loop of it and then pitching it down and calling it your own could be perceived as like kind of like a lazy approach to songwriting but there are also like some examples of exactly that like there's like a, a macintosh plus song which is just that the zap and roger cover of i only have eyes for you which i'd like never actually heard that version of the that flamingo song but when i heard the macintosh plus version of it it was like, it hit just so hard for me. And that track, I still think, is like one of the best Vaporwave tracks ever. And I do like it better. Just like the little pieces that are isolated and chopped up there, it's like all the parts of that song that I love and repeated in the exact sequence that make it like a better song to me than the Zap and Roger version. (laughs) And it just sounds cooler because the drums are bigger and slowed down. like They have more thump and weight and then like the real version. I heard the real version, I was like, well, this is kind of like, is not as good to me, so. It could go either way.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, I do have one example of a track that I really, really love. So even though I always go off on Vaporwave, there is this, I forget what they're called, but they take the Chipmunks version of Heaven as a Place on Earth, <laughs> and they pitch it down, or they slow it down. So it's like Restore to Normal Speed. That song in particular is amazing. It's got such a fucking cool vibe. Yeah. It's definitely worth listening to. Like, when I first heard it, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Well back to the game. When's the game supposed to come out? The the Demon School. Yeah,
2: so if you check the end of the trailer it just says twenty twenty three, but with these things you never really know. Like that if
1: anything I would imagine would be end of twenty twenty three. If you had an opportunity to play it or have you just been making the music?
2: Yeah, you know, I've been able to like play test some of like the demo things and it's really a well put together game i don't normally play those kind of isometric strategy turn-based strategy games but i think for fans of that genre it's going to be a must own probably for a lot of people and i know that that based on like the reactions from the game expo where it kind of previewed like people were pretty excited about it, so...
1: So, in the case of Gunsport, because there's, like, a lot of cool songs on this album, but did you rework them? Because, like, they didn't sound like loops, you know? Like, it sounded like proper songs. Well, first off, Gunsport, yeah, those, like,
2: versions that are available to listen to, I did, like, kind of arrange versions of those that are, you know, more like a, a song with a distinct start and end point. Mm. But, yeah, they do loop for the actual game. That said, though, I mean, I have a very specific way I approach kind of all music, and it's, like, just completely pop music every time like anytime i try to get away from that it ends up just being pop music anyway so a lot of a lot of those songs like structurally do still sound like kind of pop songs with like you know sometimes like a bridge and definitely like verse and choruses and stuff but yeah, that that's like kind of why I thought it was sort of appropriate to release that record as an Ice Choir record, just because it that also that was like kind of the original brief. You know, when, when I was hired to take part in that project, the game director, you know, who I'm friends with now, I'm working on another one of the games is, is also with him that I'm working on right now. He approached me because he had very early on heard Ice Choir and was just a fan of the music, and he's like, "I want you to do a soundtrack for this game that I'm working on. Basically, like make it like Ice Choir." But the brief is, like, you know, every level has its own country. So I'm going to send you a list of, like, references, basically. And if you could create music that's ice choir through the lens of, like, music from Cambodia, essentially, you know, like, for, for the Cambodia level, for example, that would be great. And and so, like, that was the challenge for for that specific project. And for some of the other ones, like, you know, I get hired because, like, generally, like, people like the music that I make or they like the types of melodies that I come up with you know mm. and, and think that it'll, it'll work for their game so like I try to tap into that like give a little bit of like myself you know inject a little bit of that like into the, the song but also like try to make it appropriate for whatever the emotion is of like you know the the cue that i'm working on yeah 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 so that's always like a challenge but you know yeah that's
1: like generally the the approach like yeah it's you know it still sounds like the way i write music well let's listen to one man i want to listen to good feet strong shoulders from the gunsport album and uh it's by ice choir And that was Ice Choir with the track Good Feet, Strong Shoulders from the Gunsport original soundtrack. So what what country was Good Feet, Strong Shoulders? Oh my god.
2: You know, (laughs) it's
1: and and please
2: edit this out because when I wrote all of that music, it was just like the name of the level. And Brandon like renamed all of the tracks. Oh nice. <laughs> for the for the purpose of the album. Nice. <laughs> so you'll have to like edit this out. What what number is that one? Number maybe? one. Oh, I think that's that is actually the Cambodia track. I'm pretty sure.
1: Hold on, let me let me just double-check this. Wait, so did you sign off on this? When Yeah, you, I did. No, yeah, but like, I mean, like, when you you look back at the album and go, like, you called the song Good Feet, Strong Shoulders. Like, what? Yeah, well, you know, because he, like, kind of came up with the game and the whole narrative <laughs> behind
2: it. So, like, I figured it would, it would be best to kind of, like, leave it to him. Because, like, you know, without that, it was just going to be, you know, Cambodia or whatever. the the name of the level is
1: Okay, so then explain this because if you're sort of making music, you know, and it still sort of has your your vibe channeling through it, then how is that going to work with a, a game that has a horror aesthetic? That one,
2: I will say, is the furthest departure from, like, other music that i've released like with my name on it Mm. i do lots of like commercial music for my job and other stuff which is like in very different genres of music that you wouldn't expect i would be writing but this game will be like definitely the furthest away from like anything i've released before under my name do you enjoy the challenge for sure yeah i mean it's that game has been super fun to write in that style got to play a lot more like guitar and you know and whatnot
1: overall, because I know you mentioned uh, prefab sprout and Scritti Politti and stuff. So, like, are, th- are those your main like when you think of the overall like you know aesthetic of Ice Choir and stuff? Like, w- what are what are the inspirations that you pull from specifically?
2: Like I mentioned, I mean, definitely for that first record, like that. If I had to kind of be reductive about it and just like pick a couple like obvious influences, it was definitely. You know, Prefab Spout was, like, one of the ones that, like... as just, like, a, a stylistic and, like, sonic reference point. Just, like, the way those records sound, that was, like, you know, obviously a big one. Definitely Squirty Plitty as well. You know, there's... there's Like, that's, like, kind of one side of, like, the pop music that I listen to. And then there's, like, just tons of Japanese stuff as well. I You know, the first record back in, like, 2011, you know, there's definitely, like, a lot of Waimo and all, like, their related projects. I definitely like Miharu Koshi for that record. And then, like... The second album was just a ton of just Japanese music. I would say one of the records that kind of like really just reshaped my whole perspective of like how I wanted to make the second re- record was this one album by Michiko Shimizaki, and it's not like a very popular album, but just the way that that album sounded, it just kind of like I said, I when I heard it, I was just like, okay, I kind of want to do a record that has this exact type of instrumentation and the specific tone of the drums and whatnot and the certain bass sounds and stuff like that like that's kind of like what I shaped a lot of those those songs after once I was writing it so
1: that was like a big influence so how did you get into listening to japanese music like were you listening to this stuff when you were a kid
2: i mean you know most of the japanese music like that i listened to when i was a kid was just through video games sure but um yeah i mean like one of my my favorite composers of all time basically and and this was like something that definitely broke my brain a little bit like when i was a kid was soyo who who's done like did the Mario Kart original super nintendo soundtrack the sim city soundtrack pilot wings that composer specifically has like kind of shaped a lot how i like approach melody in general i don't know if you just like listen to those soundtracks just like the the way that certain melodies resolve and like the chromaticism of like the way that she writes that music Mm. is kind of similar and I, i don't know if like i don't think i i mean i love those soundtracks and i still listen to them like I come back to them all the time.
1: Like Sim SimCity, man, you know, like I still occasionally play like new city building games, you know, like city skylines and stuff. But I think, I don't really like city building games. Like what I like is just playing Sim City on the Super Nintendo because of that music. Like there were times I played City Skylines but popped on the Super Nintendo Sim City score because like that's the vibe I wanted. Like it's chill but it still has these hooks like fucking, you know, Yeah. you know. Fucking soundtrack
2: is awesome. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a ridiculously beautiful album for that kind of a game mm-hmm. um and i don't I, like i didn't even like that game like i never owned it as a kid i had friends that had it but like pilot wings was like one of my favorite games ever and i would just listen to that soundtrack all the time so yeah things like that like you know that was like my earliest exposure probably to, like japanese composers and you know Music in general. I mean, yeah. So I started listening to like Japanese stuff. You know, most people like the gateways like YMO, and I, I started listening to YMO. I don't know, like 2002 or something. Whenever I was in college back then, like everyone had Soulseek, which was like the the music sharing app, and it's still around, and I still use Soulseek every once in a while. But it's uh yeah, that's kind of how I got a lot of that stuff, especially early on. Also, before I mentioned Patrick, who I live with, who's in the band he's an absolute nut about that kind of stuff and so a lot of the things that i learned were through patrick right um who who definitely is is way more knowledgeable about it than me also the main resource now is is a really great website that they've tried to kill a hundred times called j-pop 80s and it just keeps coming back but the guy that runs that is an absolute gem and he's very dedicated towards making that music available to everyone because Some of it's actually on Spotify right now. A lot of it is is super obscure and not on there. And you know, I would just like download albums a lot. A lot of times, like from a specific year, because like there's always like a kind of production aesthetic Mm. that's sort of prevalent in like a certain period of time for like kind of all music. So. I would see he'd post an album from 1985 to, like, 1988, and, okay, cool. That's pretty good chance I'll like it. The second test for me was... There's, I have this thing I joke about called, like, The Rule of the Funky Hat, and, like, if there's, like, a woman on the cover wearing, like, a really funky-looking, like, bowler's cap with, like, a flower in it or something, pretty much guarantee that album's gonna fucking slap. <laughs> so that's that's like another that's like actually yeah. they say don't judge a book by its cover Mm -hmm. but the j-pop albums like you can pretty much understand what you're getting into if there's like a very dapper woman on the cover wearing like a a a funky bowler
1: cap it's like that's gonna be good (laughs) it's a good rule fucking soul seek i love just thinking back to the days of kazaa was the one i used oh yeah i remember that that was just like
2: tons of viruses and whatnot
1: yeah and a lot of mislabeled
2: linkingpark.exe yeah
1: because i'm like a big depeche mode fan and so like my main memory of kazaa was downloading tons of mislabeled tracks right yeah like i download depeche mode and it would just be duran duran songs and i feel like some of the files were compressed to like less than 96 kilobytes oh yeah i mean now i'm deep into like indie electronic you know synthwave synth pop scene and i get all my music on bandcamp but like i'm so out of touch with modern hit music like can you download music anymore like in a way that's not tied to your account like you just get the files
2: yeah i mean it's it's bandcamp basically that's where that still exists yeah i mean itunes like you can go on uh, like or apple music or whatever now and you can i think you still like buy music at a store but like nobody actually does that <laughs> i know as an artist like you can kind of see your like you know your back-end metrics of like where people like buying your things or whatever and it's like literally no no one buys anything from apple music if i do sell music uh, you know as a file or whatever it's only ever through bandcamp
1: yeah because that's what i like i mean i like to have the file yeah it's great for them. I haven't torrented anything in years. The last thing I did was, like, Game of Thrones Season 5, and then I got one of those letters in the mail that said, like, we saw you downloading torrents, and I'm like, ah, shit, and then I got all scared. Oh, and, no. I, I know they can't actually do anything, but... Oh, wow. So I didn't want to do it anymore, and so since then I haven't, but there have been so many times where I'm like, oh, there's, like, some old 80s albums that uh, I don't have, like, the files for, and I would like them, but then I don't want to torrent anything, and I need to find one of these special J-pop 80s-type sites.
2: Well... If you've never used Soulseek, it's still very much active. So if you're just looking for, I mean, I've never been able to stump Soulseek with anything really. Like somebody out there has it, especially if you like search. Nobody has it. Maybe you come back a couple of days later. Somebody else will have it. You know what I mean? It's very, very hard to stump that that one. Yeah. So definitely check that out if you're just like looking for a specific kind of obscure album or something. By you know, especially like if it's American or British music, like
1: very easy to find that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, how about this, man? Let's listen to one more track and then we can wind down. Is that cool with you? That's great. Uh, I want to listen to another track from Gunsport. This is a cool one called For the People, and it's by Ice Choir. that was ice choir with the track for the people off the Gunsport original soundtrack and i have been chatting with ice choir aka kurt and uh is that short for curtis or is it kurt your actual just full name it's my full name really yeah oh i didn't know you could is that i didn't know that was a thing uh yeah it's
2: uh pretty sure it's just a different name than curtis
1: Let's talk about this for 15 minutes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's been it's been nice talking to you. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? No, I think we talked about more than what I was even planning to talk about it. were you planning to talk
2: about something no no i was not planning to talk about anything <laughs> i have nothing to promote nothing to
1: well you're working on a new album right so that's something and you got these these game soundtracks coming but are you saying then that these game soundtracks are going to be just kurt feldman music
2: well the ones that are out already yeah those those you can find at kurt dot the new ones that will be coming out, I haven't decided on what what I'm gonna release them under, but we'll T B D on that I guess. Is it just dependent
1: uh, on when the whole thing is finished? Are you just gonna like examine the overall aesthetic and go like if it's close enough to Ice Choir then it's just an Ice Choir release? Like is that the idea? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. I don't really put a, a lot of thought into this, you can tell, right? <laughs> a great way to end this. <laughs> I don't put a lot of thought into this thing. <laughs> yeah, that is a good way to end it. <laughs> well, the point is though, like it is it is really awesome stuff. Like like I say, when I discovered your music, it made me very happy because I, I do like nice, just happy pop music and I like the, the retro vibe and the production's uh, tight and it's good stuff. It's got a good energy and uh it makes me happy. Well, that's great to hear. I you know, I'm just trying to just trying to bring some smiles. Is that that is <laughs> true. <laughs> Is that your catchphrase?
2: No, but it's true, though. Not my personal catchphrase, but it's true. Do you have a personal catchphrase? No, couldn't couldn't say it, yeah.
1: I think more people need catchphrases, but, like, if you're too shy to say it, then you can just, like, tattoo it on one of those barcode things on your arm and people can, like, scan it with their phones to, like, get the catchphrase. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, like a QR code? Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Barcode. Look at me, I'm an old man. (laughs) I don't know the word for QR code. I'm still talking about kaza. I'm living in another decade. Although I'm looking forward to once we're all, like, old people, like, I'm curious if, you know, if I was, like, an 80-year-old man, if I would still be dressed the same way. Like, you know, like, old people have a certain way of dressing. Yeah, yeah. Where it's, like, they dress they dress from, like, their time. Will I be part of a generation with a bunch of dudes wearing, like, fucking cargo pants and hoodies and shit? Like, will we be old people but dress like that? Or do we eventually evolve into the, the mold of, like, the old man clothes?
2: I feel like probably the first one, like, it'll be some version of the way you've dressed, you know, in whatever period of time like most
1: accurately kind of captured your, your vibe, you know? You know how silly that's going to be to be walking into like an assisted living home and like, <laughs> and all the dudes are wearing hoodies and cargo pants. Like, yeah, that, that is, <laughs> that will be sad. i never actually thought of that. <laughs> Well, I like to end every conversation by making the guest sad. That's like yeah. <laughs> that's my catchphrase. It's a good one. Anyway, well, listen man. You have a lovely day and it was uh, it was nice chatting with you and I look forward to hearing more more music in the future and we'll play it on the show cuz it's cool stuff and keep on being a cool guy likewise thank you very much for having me on the show and for listening to the music and i will
2: definitely send you new stuff as a, as it comes through awesome man well it was good talking to you great
1: talking to you too thanks a lot All right, and that was my chat with Ice Choir. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, He makes awesome music, and I look forward to hearing more. So that's all I have to say about that. So tune in next time to Beyond Synth. Uh, Next week's episode will be Marco and I listening to cool tunes and uh, talking about movies and whatever else we saw since I just found out he's been watching most of these like cheesy horror films and 80s movies and stuff on Tubi so then I checked out Tubi and there's actually a bunch of cool stuff on there so I'm going to try and watch some of the same things that he's watched so at least we can talk about some stuff like that anyway that's all I have to say so I hope you have a lovely week and uh, keep on being cool don't forget to support the show on Patreon or PayPal if that's what you want to do if not you want to be a freeloader, that's fine. I am personally a freeloader for many other podcasts, so I <laughs> I can't blame you. If <laughs> I get it. I get the impulse, all right? But anyways, look, the bottom line is this. Have a lovely week, and tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is...
0: Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via paypal at beyondsynth.com if you want to submit music to the show please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com don't forget to follow and subscribe to beyond synth on youtube instagram twitch twitter and facebook may the force be with you
1: Beyond Synth is made in partnership with your mom.